The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PickWise. PickWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PickWise.com to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over 30K up for grabs this season. Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1 exclusively on the SGPN app. It is finally week one. I mean, officially week one. Today, the season kicks off. And if you listen to this tomorrow, which is Friday, then yesterday, the game would have already taken place. But whatever, week one is here. We are finally getting started. And what an absolute whirlwind of a first day it has been already. Scott Reichel joining me today. We're going to do some start sit taking from the Slack channel and a couple others that I threw in there. But Scott, welcome to the show. Are you excited and exhausted as I am already? What, an hour before kickoff? Yeah, there's nothing more exciting than having your week one matchup involve your team with Dak Prescott and wondering <laughs> if he's going to be awful or if garbage time might save his entire statistical day. But yeah, I've been kind of nervous about it. I can't bench him because he's too good to bench. But Tampa Bay, not exactly the matchup I wanted coming off a broken leg. So we'll see what happens there for Dak. But yeah, it's going to be a little bit stressful tonight. How about you? Yeah, you got any oh, players tonight? I, I got, well, so I think right now, no, I got Dak Prescott in one league. So I, I share your pain on that one. And uh, Rojo, I'm heavy on Rojo this year. Uh, and and I had to just put Rojo in to my lineups because we start with breaking news today, just a couple of hours before, God, anything can get started. And the day after most people drafted, if you waited till the absolute last minute, but guess what, ladies and gentlemen, the Baltimore Ravens in their triple option offense can catch no breaks. There was just news reported that Gus Edwards is now out and could be suffering from an ACL tear, which would sideline him alongside J.K. Dobbins and and Justice Hill and God, everybody that runs the ball there. Scott, instant reaction to this Gus Edwards news, the Gus bus uh, pulling to a stop a little early before the season starts. Uh, my advice would be invest heavily in Tyson Williams. That's basically your main approach there. You can go after the veterans if, if of course, he's taken, go for a Freeman or a Bell. But realistically, there's a reason why both of them were on the market about a, the day of the start of the regular season. It's because both of them weren't wanted by any other team because they're probably not that good. However, Williams has impressed me because he was undrafted. He moved his way up the depth chart in the preseason. He looked pretty sharp. So I think if you're looking for week one plays, maybe a DFS angle for Monday night, I do think Williams should be in your lineup if you're going for some type of showdown situation there. But for fantasy, it's going to be a work in progress. But do I think the veterans are going to 
immediately have an impact in the first month of the season? No. So I think that you're going to see Tyson Williams take it running. If you want to go for some player props and maybe look for a Lamar Jackson rushing yards, because he's going to be basically the only guy that that you actually have faith in when it comes to running the ball. But for the sake of the Ravens and for just fantasy owners who thought they were getting an absolute steal with Gus Edwards once Dobbins got injured, yeah, I'll pour one out to you because that's that's painful. Right yep, there. yep. I was so all in on Gus, and I drafted him in at least two leagues right off the bat uh, because of everything that was going on. I thought, oh my gosh, way more volume for Gus Edwards. Uh, that bus is going to be making multiple not stops. He's going to be running quite a bit, and uh, much to my chagrin, I find out today that I have to prepare for the worst. And luckily, in a lot of those leagues that I I did draft Gus Edwards, I was able to get Rojo uh, a couple of rounds later to kind of solidify what I felt was going to be a a good depth piece in Rojo because he could be, again, a a running back one if if he gets the work. So I don't think he would have been as good as Gus because I think Gus had all the all the possibilities in the world, but the fact that I, I kind of put Rojo there makes me a little bit better because now I can put Rojo in, and hopefully tonight he will go crazy and reward me for you know taking that chance a couple of, of rounds later on him. Well, the way that I'm looking at it is Rojo, of course, is a gamble compared to, to Edwards because Edwards was the 1A, 1B, and 1C <laughs> running back. He was going to get all the volume, where Rojo, of course, is in that timeshare situation with Fournette. However... Playoff four net is so good because he takes the first 15 weeks of the regular season off. So maybe you would have been able to get some production there from Rojo, but there's really nothing you can do. That's kind of the reasons why fantasy football can be polarizing to people because you can do a great job drafting. Everything works itself out. And the next thing you know, one guy just takes a wrong step. And next thing you know, you need to find a new running back and you're going through the waiver market. So Fantasy can be very polarizing because a lot of stuff's out of your control, but that's also why we love it, because it allows us to pay attention to specific players from teams we probably wouldn't have paid attention to in the first place. But if you had Gus Edwards and potentially another guy who might be in some legal issues over the next couple of weeks, yeah, it's been a pretty interesting day for running backs. Yeah, I mean, we won't even speculate on the Swift thing yet because there's not a whole lot to speculate on. Suffice it to say that you are correct. There are some some buzzings out there about his legal issues that I I don't know if they're substantiated yet. I mean, it's only Twitter. Uh, I haven't seen anything official, but uh, keep an eye on the DeAndre Swift situation for sure. But if you're a Gus Edwards uh, manager, if you're somebody that drafted Gus Edwards, yeah, you might want to prepare for the worst. I know I am. I'm speaking as one. Uh, I'm getting ready to probably hit the waiver wire and, and uh, pick up Tyson Williams as well. So, Thank you for that, Scott. All right, let's get to the meat of this because we're in week one, and now this is when everybody starts uh, floating out those start-sit questions, and we got a bunch of them off of our Slack channel. So look, if you have not yet joined our Slack channel, go to the website, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, find the Slack uh, channel, and and join because there's a lot of great stuff going on. We're in there constantly helping folks out, you know, answering questions, having some very, very uh, heated discussions <laughs> throughout the season. Uh, it's a lot of fun, so I suggest you highly do that. But uh, we got some questions, Scott, that we're going to answer uh, for the folks in there in the Slack channel. We'll do this every week. I feel like this is a good way to get our Slack channel uh, some love and some action. So, uh, let's hit right on it. Uh, Scott, we got the first one from Ethan Van Buren. He wants to know, uh, in a full PPR, are we going to start Randall Cobb or Hollywood Brown? Three minutes on the clock. 
let's let's figure out who we're gonna have Ethan start. Randall Cobb, Hollywood Brown. I don't know if I need a full three minutes. I'm using Hollywood Brown. Uh, just looking through the choices there. One hand, of course, Green Bay has the reuniting of Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers. However, we know Rodgers has so many weapons over there. We know Cobb in the red zone. I don't want to say is useless, but you're assuming Devontae Adams is going to get most of the touches there besides Tunyon. As for the Ravens, the matchup is so good against the Raiders, especially indoors. It's going to be taking place in Vegas in the new stadium there. But we mentioned all the Gus Edwards stuff. If you think Baltimore has a problem running the ball, they might have to throw more by default. And I know that you can talk about possession receivers with Sammy Watkins, who, of course, joined during the offseason. They're still missing Bateman. So, of course, that's going to hurt early on. But Brown against the Raiders secondary, which we know is one of the worst secondaries in the league. We know the Raiders pass rush is basically non-existent, too. I think both options maybe aren't the best, but solely based on upside, I don't even know what, Cobb, what Cobb's upside is. What, like four receptions, 50 yards? I think Brown can break one. We know that even though he's a smaller receiver, he can he can occasionally find holes in the defense for big plays. He's also pretty shifty with the ball in his hands. I think Brown's more likely to go for an 80 yards and a touchdown than Cobb is. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, Hollywood Brown here. You, Ethan, you're not going to get a consensus from me and Scott. Uh, I feel like Randall Cobb in garbage time because I, the Saints, their defense, I think, is going to be out there quite a bit. So I feel like they're going to be tired. Aaron Rodgers is just being able to pick people apart. And this reuniting with with Randall Cobb, it, it may be a played out uh, a narrative, but I, I have a feeling that that, that safety blanket is going to be there. I mean, Tunyon is, is what Tunyon is, and he's going to be a great uh, tight end for them. But this first game, like week one, carries with it so much emotion and especially now that the fans are going to be back. I mean, obviously it's in the Superdome. It's not, not at green Bay, but you know, playing in front of fans again, being well, it's able not even to, in the, it's not even in the Superdome. They moved it. Oh, they did it's in Jacksonville. Oh, they it's moved it to Jacksonville. Okay. Well, I see. Look at <laughs> so much stuff happening. That pushed me out of my mind, but even still playing in front of fans, nonetheless, uh, it's it just an opportunity for them to get back out there and to do the things they love. And I think maybe Aaron Rodgers, at least in week one, is going to give Randall Cobb a little more love. And if and we're in a full PPR again, I, I really don't see uh, even with the the running back problems now. Uh, Lamar Jackson's probably just going to run more. He's not going to pass more. So I don't see Hollywood Brown getting outworked. Uh, um, or, you know, Randall Cobb, whatever. But I still think Randall Cobb, with the sentimental value, is going to be the play here. Um, but again, I could see Hollywood Brown doing it, but I would start Cobb over, over Brown. The way that I'm looking at it is that if you are choosing between Cobb and Brown in week one, either your wide receivers are weak or you have a weak flex spot. So if you want to go for the gamble, the one guy who I think can give you the huge week that nobody's really anticipating, I would say Brown's more likely than Cobb to do so. I would say that's a good uh, a good point, and I just hit the wrong button again. Look at it's like I'm running back into it. Uh, You're too excited, <laughs> NFL season. You're excited. I know, button happy, and we're doing this what a, a, just a little bit before kickoff. So uh, I know we still got lineups to set and stuff like that. So we're gonna keep this thing moving. <laughs> All right, so we've got from Jake Paquin the next question. Uh, in a half PPR, again, I, I have a feeling a lot of these are flex questions, so um, this definitely makes sense. But in a half PPR, he wants to know between Devonta Smith, Javante Williams, DJ Chark, uh, pick one in this instance. So Devonta Smith, Javante Williams, DJ Chark. Who are you going with, Scott? 
So for this one, I'm looking at Devontae Smith. Now, it's again a gamble. You have two rookies and Shark, who had a bit of a down year last year. Shark concerns me because he didn't really participate much in preseason because he's been dealing with some injuries. And Marvin Jones appears to be early on Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. So I'm assuming that Jones should get a decent amount of touches there. As for the running back situation in Denver, I think Williams and Gordon are going to fight it out. So I don't know if you want to gamble and assume that Williams might get some touches there. Devontae Smith's matchup I really like because we know the Philly wide receiver core has some potential. I'm not a big Rieger guy. I know Watkins is fast. I'm not sure if he can actually get open. because He took a screen pass 80 yards for a touchdown in preseason. But Devontae Smith, we know, even in college, phenomenal route runner. Atlanta secondary, not great. Also going to be in a dome in Atlanta. And I think that if you're looking at Smith getting some one-on-one opportunities against Atlanta's defense, I think once again, for a flex situation, if you want to look for a guy who can get you upside, I think Smith has upside because when healthy, you really can't press him at the line of scrimmage. He's just too elusive. He's too agile. And I think he can potentially go for 100 and a touchdown ceiling. I think floor maybe five receptions, 60-something yards, so I'll go with Smith there because I just really don't like Atlanta's defense at all. You know what? I agree, and this is where I will agree. Devonta Smith against that Falcons defense is definitely somebody I'm, I'm targeting. I'm not I'm not high on Jalen Hurts. I really am not. I really think the Eagles offense is not going to be the greatest, but also, kind of like you said, with DJ Chark, you don't know. Like The injury, will it flare up? Is Trevor Lawrence going to be ineffective in game one? And I am certainly not touching anything down Denver for a very long time until they prove me wrong. So I, I guess if we're going to do process of elimination, it's got to be Devonta Smith because again, it's a, a rookie first game, a lot of talent uh, going up against a weak defense. I, I just see that the ceiling, like you said, is a little higher for Devonte Smith and in a half PPR, it's not like you're going to be really dependent on, because again, a, a receiver versus a running back in this situation, it's almost negligible. So I'm going to go with the guy that can very much get into the end zone in Devonta Smith. And I just feel like, uh, you know, out of those three, <laughs> the process of elimination <laughs> leads me to Devonta Smith and, and uh, looking, looking forward to watching what he can become even in that Eagles offense. I'm not sure if the Eagles are going to force feed him in his first game with the franchise to try to get the fans excited. But I think that Smith, if he has enough one-on-one looks, they will take a couple of deep shots. Now is Hurts going to throw it accurately? I don't know, but I think he's going to get some targets. So from that perspective, I think there is a certain ceiling there that the other two guys don't have in this three choice option. I just fear that Hertz is going to want to take it and run with it a lot more than, than is necessary early on because you know, the Eagles are not the greatest of teams right now. And it's going to take a lot of creativity in order to make them good. And I feel like he's going to want to try to do it all at once. And especially in that first game to try to prove that they made the right move given Wentz away. Well, that could be good too, because if you think that Philly is so bad and Atlanta might be underrated, I think Philly might win the game, but the point is if you think that there might be garbage time involved in Atlanta cruises to a home victory, you have a ton of garbage time opportunity in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. So there it is. That's even more of a case for Devonta Smith. Uh, All right. So the next question comes from TD King. He wants to know, pick two of these in a standard scoring that still exists. Uh, Love you, TD King, but let's get into PPR, shall we? Uh, Pick two. Uh, Chanel, Viscous Chanel, Debo, Samuel, Jacoby Myers, Javante Williams, uh, again, or uh, Jamal Williams in a standard scoring. Obviously, this is a flex situation. Scott, out of those two, Chanel, Debo, Myers, Williams, and Williams, who are we picking? 
It's really tough. I feel like I'm obligated to include Jamal Williams as one of the two just because of the Swift situation. But once again, I don't know if Swift's going to play week one. But even if Swift does, they're pretty much uh, splitting touches there. Swift was injured for most of the last couple of weeks. I do think Williams should get some touches. So I'm going with Williams because it is standard. So you're not getting bonus points for receptions. But Williams, also a decent receiver out of the backfield, could get you some yards there. So I'll go Jamal Williams as one of the two. As for the other one, it's really tough because Chenault, I'm not sure if the chemistry is there with Lawrence, but Houston's defense is so bad that he should have some chances. Jacoby Myers was probably the only one who benefited from Cam Newton being quarterback last year because he was Cam Newton's favorite target. I'm not sure if Mac Jones shares that. And, of course, New England now has more weapons with the two tight ends. You also got Aguilar. So I'm going to pass on Myers for now. I'm actually going to take Debo just because I think Detroit's offense is, is – uh, Detroit's defense is awful. If you think Akuda's decent, I think he'll be matched up on the outside with Ayuk. So I think that Samuel should have some decent opportunities in the slot. Whenever Samuel plays, he's productive. The issue is he's always injured. So for me, I'm going to look at Samuel because him and Garoppolo have had a chemistry in the past, and I'm going to take Williams because I'm not really a fan of the other options, but if you think there's a chance that Swift doesn't play and the uncertainty there, I do think there's value with Jamal Williams. So I'll go with Debo and I'll go with Jamal Williams. You? I think you got another consensus because Debo Samuel already locked in for me on any roster that I have him because Debo Samuel is going to, at least in week one, like you said before, he, if he gets injured, week one it probably won't be that week. So uh, I think with Debo back, right, Jimmy back, everything's cooking for those Niners again. And, you know, they're playing the Lions. This is one of those matchups that you definitely want to start Every 49er that you have, uh, even Raheem Mostert for me, which I don't... Oh, we're getting there. Ah, dang it. Uh, I got ahead of ourselves. But Debo for sure. And and yeah, Jamal Williams, especially with this news of uh, of DeAndre Swift coming out. If Like you said, if he doesn't play week one, uh, you're locked and loaded with Jamal Williams ready to go. And again, in a standard, you're not getting uh, points per reception. But Debo is definitely somebody that can get you a touchdown, I think, in week one. Um, I think he's got a very real possibility of getting in the end zone or, or not, at least a 100-yard game. I just think he's going to ball out. I mean, to me, Debo Samuel is one of the most underrated pass catchers in the league right now because of the fact that he's injury prone. But damn it, if he's not just talented. Plus, I mentioned it for the last couple of cases, but once again, it's in Detroit. You're in a dome. Anytime that you don't have to worry about weather, that's definitely a huge variable that you can just throw out, which, of course, is quite refreshing in your mind. Well, that and it's um, cold in the north, right? The northeast and the northern parts of this. Uh, the, and it's just hot out here. So, yeah, I'm just saying the play. worst thing that you can see is if you have a, an elite wide receiver and you see like potential monsoon outside, <laughs> then you have a serious problem. But if you're in a dome, that's always definitely a nice security blanket that he should end up getting the usual production because the weather won't play a factor. Yeah. I, and like I said, I definitely see Debo getting in the end zone, at least for week one. Uh, all right. So the next question comes from Tyler Lentz. He wants to pick one of these in a full PPR between Antonio Brown, Chase Edmonds, and Brandon Ayuk, which we just talked about. So full PPR, Antonio Brown, Chase Edmonds, Brandon Ayuk. Scott, who are you taking in this case? Oh, in this case, I wish you got the question in sooner because Antonio Brown plays in about an hour and a half, but I'm going with Antonio Brown. Uh, at the end of the day, the Cowboys secondary, you can talk about the fact they got Dan Quinn Congratulations. He was a good defensive coordinator when he had one of the greatest defenses of all time in Seattle. Then he went to Atlanta. They had talent and stuff. I get it. But the point is, is that Dallas is secondary as a lot of young guys who might be good as of right now. 
they're not good. And Tampa Bay brings back everybody on the offensive line. Brady, who was underwhelming last year but had surgery, which would explain why he wasn't as accurate with the deep balls. The issue you have with Antonio Brown is that you have so many mouths to feed there, but he's so good that I just don't think Dallas can cover him. Ayuk I like, but I, he was a little bit injured during the last couple of weeks, so I am curious if he's going to be fully 100%, even if he plays. I'm assuming he'll be closer to 80, so I'm going to pass on that. Edmonds I like, but I still want to see if Connor's going to handle the early down work, but I do think Edmonds is the much better running back in that backfield. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with Antonio Brown just because I think there's a good chance that he could get in the end zone. I think he could easily reach 70 yards to 100-something yards if Brady looks his way. And when Antonio Brown was on the field last year, Brady looked his way a lot. So I think Antonio Brown's a great option against that defense. You, I, I, it's just, it's tough for me, but I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. Yeah, it's tough. In a full PPR, I mean, I don't think Chase Edmonds is going to get enough receptions to outdo either one of these receivers. I know that he's going to be that bad. And to me, I think Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy. I don't know that James Conner is going to eat too much into the early, maybe, maybe as the season progresses. But in week one, again, a lot of, a lot of bets are off in week one because a lot of strategy is thrown out the window because there's just a lot of, we don't know anything yet, right? So, so Chase Edmonds is supposed to be the guy going into the season. I still think he's going to be. But here's where I stand by my start all your 49ers against these this Lions defense because I'm going Brandon Ayuk, so it's okay. Uh, Tyler, you can still use my advice on this one if you get it too late, uh, if you didn't play Antonio Brown. But I still think Brandon Ayuk, all of those Niners pass catchers are in for a, a very – Nice treat against the Lions, I say, in week one. Um, this is the season where the 49ers are going to, I think, reassert themselves as the team to beat in the NFC West and quite possibly the NFC again. And it starts against a team that, you know, really is struggling. So uh, I think every pass catcher in the 49ers uh, uh, roster right now has value. And so if I'm picking between the three of those, I'm definitely taking the guy who, in my opinion, has the most upside, and that's Brandon Ayuk. I think it's very close, but I'm going to ask you because you, of course, root for the 49ers. Does it concern you that Ayuk has been dealing with a bit of a hamstring issue for the last couple of weeks? Because I think it was close between Antonio Brown and Ayuk. So the tiebreaker for me is going to be the fact that Antonio Brown's just healthier at this point in time. Does it concern you that Ayuk's a little bit banged up going into week one? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It concerns me a little. It gives me a little pause. Obviously, we've seen in the last couple of hours even that injuries can spring up out of nowhere. But if he's good to go on game day, then I am going to go ahead and put my faith in him uh, that he'll perform. Because again, we're not talking about week two yet. We're talking about week one. So what I'm hoping for is for a big week one. And if he does maybe get possibly re-aggravated in an injury, it's later in the game and it's not early and he's already done his full uh, um I guess damage. So let's let's keep on Ayuk because here we go with Brandon Cooks now or Brandon Ayuk. The battle of two Brandons. Um, we've already talked a little bit about Brandon Ayuk, but between those two, I think I know your answer already. But let's let's figure out where your head's at. Brandon Cooks or Brandon Ayuk? I'm taking Ayuk. At the end of the day, Cooks could maybe be decent, but. Ayuk's just so much of a better player. <laughs> I mean, it's not even close. Cooks has had injury issues, too. You can go through the rosters and everything going on with Brandon Cooks, but Cooks has been a guy who people have wanted to blossom, and he kind of did in that one year with New Orleans, but he's kind of underachieved ever since. The question that I have for you, if you really want to get invested with Brandon Cooks, how many passing yards do you think Tyrod Taylor's throwing for? Because usually, it's not many. And I think that's a problem because Ayuk has the touchdown upside. You know that he can go up and get it if he needs to. 
Cooks is a smaller guy, so you can't throw him the jump ball. He's a speedster, and Tyra Taylor doesn't really throw the deep ball. So I don't think Cooks is a good fit with the quarterback. Jacksonville's defense is awful, so of course that's kind of the trade-off there. But I'm going with Ayuk. I just think he's the much better player. You? Yeah, if you would have asked me when Nishan Watson was actually starting, I, I would have definitely told you Brandon Cooks would have been the play because, look, I mean, we love to dump on Brandon Cooks, but the guy has only had two seasons in his entire career where he has not been over 1,000 yards and really only three that he hasn't been over 1,100 yards. So, I mean, production-wise, he's always been there. I mean, it's not a, a matter of production. It's always just been a matter of, Maybe it's not as flashy as the most uh, of the wide receiver ones in the world. And look, well, I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing it in. He's had some really, really good quarterbacks throwing him the ball his entire career. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, now he takes a giant step back with Tyrod Taylor. So, yeah, I mean, Brandon Cooks is not the play right now, especially as we're talking about week one. Uh, and definitely for me, I've already made my case with Brandon Ayuk, uh, Brandon Ayuk. But it, it's sad because. You know, for me, I, I love Brandon Cooks. I love the potential of Brandon Cooks, not to mention that he's from Stockton and I'm a Stockton guy. Uh, so I, I'm definitely rooting for him, but you can't really root for him with Tyrod Taylor throwing him the ball. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, so yeah, Brandon Cooks, until he gets a better quarterback, he might be a sit for me, almost a, a, a perennial sit until somebody better starts throwing him the ball. Yeah, according to my wide receiver rankings for week one, I got Ayuk as the 24th receiver. It was, it was a little bit higher, but I moved him down a bit because of the injury and him being less than 100%. But I got Cooks at 39, which sounds low, but I just don't see much upside when Tyrod Taylor, who's been a game manager dump-off guy his entire career, and Cooks is basically the exact opposite of that. I just think that it's a terrible marriage between the two of them. I'm going to go with Ayuk because I think that he'll have a significantly better chance of scoring a touchdown, and I think he'll just end up with a much more productive day. Yeah, and I don't see Tyrod getting a lot of chances to actually throw the ball because um, he likes to scramble as well. So, you know, this is one of the situations where Houston's just going to be, I mean, literally probably scrambling to get whatever they can out of this game. And it's just not, it's not looking very pretty at all. So, yeah. And plus, like I said, Ayuk against the Lions, just give that to me all day long too. In fact, I think I have to make that decision in one of the leagues. So I, I kind of did that as well. Um, all right, we're going to step away. We're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we've got five more. Man, it just feels like this has been flying by, but hopefully you've gotten some, some good information out of it so far. When we get back, we'll hit more. With everything going on in the sporting world right now, I know that you are ready to win money and boost your odds. So get this, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. It's a risk-free bet up to $500. That's right, a risk-free $500 sports bet. So download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to start winning. Of course, we are brought to you by PropSwap. It's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. So go check out the new 
PropSwap.com. It's packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. You can browse the activity feed to stay in the know and a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. Go over there. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match up to $500. You didn't hear that wrong. PropSwap is going to match you up to $500. So go deposit right now. Use that promo code SGP. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't even need to win. That's the great part. It doesn't even need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Also remember, when making your bets, make sure to go for two. That is, make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some sin in the game, just in case it improves even more Then you can make some more. <laughs> Thousands of buyers across the country, they're shopping for tickets right now on PropSwap every single day. So get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. PickWise is the number one app for sports betting picks, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in-depth analysis on every game all for free. Found your pick? Search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up for an account, compare the odds, and finally, place your bet. Download the free PickWise app now to make your next bet better. Pickwise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you are ready to turn your picks into real cash, do it with prize picks. It is my favorite daily fantasy app. It is fast and it's easy and it all starts with prize picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to 10 times your money. Prize picks is the only way I play. In fact, I am looking right now as we start the season on Thursday at two picks that I absolutely am loving. Ronald Jones right now, for some reason, set at 45 and a half rushing yards. Crush that over. Come on now. Ronald Jones is going to go at least for 50 or 60 yards. He's so underrated. I don't understand why it's so low, but you can jump in on it right now. 45 and a half yards for Ronald Jones. Smash that over. And his partner, Leonard Fournette, 34 and a half yards. So you're telling me that the whole uh, Tampa Bay backfield is only supposed to get a little over what? A 75, 80 yards? Now, nah, give me the Leonard Fournette over at 34 and a half as well. So Ronald Jones over 45 and a half. Leonard Fournette over, 35, over 34 and a half, mind you. And give me that Tampa Bay backfield. I'm telling you, it's right now on prize picks. Go crush those overs with a few more that are out there for Thursday night's game as well. Of course, don't do that without using our promo code SGP. You're going to get a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. That's right. You get every dollar back as bonus up to $100. Can't even make it that simple. That's prize picks, promo code SGP. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what is the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There is not a catch. 
Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. Look, by cutting out the retail stores, there's no crazy overhead cost that gets passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. So for people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. And all the plans come with unlimited talk and text, high speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Don't even need to change anything. Use your same phone on Mint Mobile. And this is the most important part. If you are not 100% satisfied, Mint has you covered with their seven day money back guarantee. You have a week to change your mind. How often do you have a week to change your mind in anything, right? Uh, but Mint Mobile has you covered. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash sports SGP. That's mintmobile.com slash sports SGP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash sports SGP. If you are one of the very few that have not downloaded the Odds Crowd app yet, you are completely missing out. And what do I mean? Well, the free roll football contest right now taking place on Odds Crowd this year. It's $10,000 for the best NFL better. Sides are included as well this year. So also weekly $100 SGPN exclusive contest just for the people who have the app downloaded. There is no reason for you to not have this app on your phone. Over $30,000 in cash prizes are up for grab across both both season long and weekly contest on NFL and college football and the boys here at SGPN are taking part so you can claim your bragging rights over us too should you beat us here's how it works once you enter a contest you track your bets against real odds and lines much like you would with any pick tracking app the most profitable players rise up the leaderboard if you have the highest profit at the end of the contest you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and a whole lot more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today to play. And of course, download and enter your week one NFL picks for a chance to win one $100,000 on the SGPN app. It is now live in the App Store and the Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, just like this one. You don't have to download it from your favorite podcatcher. Just get it from our app. So also, don't forget to toss this show an app review and all the shows that you listen to on the SGPN app. Make sure you review and subscribe and all that other good stuff. And more importantly, download the SGPN app today. More start sit questions right now as we come back from the break. Scott Reichel, SGPN's own fantasy mind with me right now. We have got five to go, ladies and gentlemen, and start sick questions. We grabbed them from our Slack channel. So again, we please ask to join the Slack channel, talk to us, give us some start sick questions so we can hit them up on Thursday. This will be a fun little segment for us. Uh, so, all right, Scott, we've already got five down. We've got five good ones to go. This one I think is a little easy for me. I don't know what it is for you, uh, but we are looking at in a full PPR. Thanks to Hoosiers zero zero. Corey Davis versus Cole Beasley. Who are we starting in this situation, Scott? 
I know we're both going to be on Corey Davis, and that's where I'm going because if preseason indicated everything, it's that Zach Wilson really trusts Corey Davis, and he really doesn't trust basically everybody else because Davis got a ton of targets whenever Wilson was actually the quarterback in preseason. We know that against Carolina, they invested a little bit in, of course, the rookie cornerback in Horn. Is he good? Maybe, but he's going to be facing a veteran receiver who's pretty good, so I think that he might struggle there. But Corey Davis looked really sharp. I think he's going to do well. Meanwhile, Beasley, in addition to the whole distraction with the vaccine stuff, which, of course, doesn't really play a factor for week one purposes, but in general, I don't really know what his fit is with this team now because you have Gabriel Davis, who emerged last year. You picked up Emmanuel Sanders. You still have Stephon Diggs. That's a lot of mouths to feed. What exactly is his role besides third down slot receiver? Like I'm trying to figure out what the ceiling is for, for Beasley. Davis's ceiling is he's the number one receiver on a depth chart. Now I know the Jets, of course, barely count as a depth chart, but the point is they're still number he's still number one, so he should be getting more targets than anyone else on the team. Beasley might finish the year third or fourth in target. I just don't think that Beasley's going to get enough actual targets to contribute to the same level that Davis will. So I like Davis in the spot. And plus, Davis facing Carolina, Beasley facing Pittsburgh, not exactly a great matchup there. I'm going to go with Davis against Carolina. You? Yep, I'm same way with you, Corey Davis. And it's only because Corey Davis is the most talented receiver on his team, whereas Cole Beasley is certainly not. And so if you're going to tell me, even on a bad team, uh, the most talented receiver on that team, I think, has more value than maybe the fourth most talented receiver on a good team. Um, because again, not a lot of targets go around in that uh, Buffalo passing game. I mean, you saw that Stefan Diggs pretty much ate every single target that Josh Allen had. And you're right. Gabriel Davis is one of those emerging guys. Uh, I don't know where Emmanuel Sanders fits in this yet, but like, kind of what you alluded to, I don't think it's good for Cole Beasley's uh, overall value now because I think that eats into his value more than it eats into, obviously, Stephon Diggs uh, and definitely not a, a Gabriel Davis. So, uh, yeah, give give me Corey Davis in this one because, I mean, look, the guy is talented. He came over from a talented team. He's definitely going to be the most talented player on that field. Um, and, and you're right, a young rookie quarterback is going to need that kind of talent to lean on. Now, I don't exactly buy into the NFL top 100 list or whatever they do every single year. Corey Davis randomly on that list was not expecting that, but I guess the players think he's pretty good. I, I don't know. I mean, I think he is too. I mean, the, I, again, it was it was a matter of, it wasn't that he wasn't talented enough to be on the team. It was just A.J. Brown was just that good, right? I mean, there was no real, there was no room for two alpha receivers in that uh, uh, passing attack, which... I mean, look, if you're having an embarrassment of riches, it's probably good to have when you can send off your one of your better players to another team. But um, yeah, I just think that Corey Davis was just a victim of circumstance there in, in Tennessee, and he's just going to be a lot better for the, the, the Jets in the long run. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, if you ever... If you ever had a question about Corey Davis's talent, I'll remind everybody that he was a top 10 pick in the draft. So there was a lot expected of him out of Western Michigan. He was a little bit quiet, but he ended up doing well last year. Even if the Jets are awful, you get a ton of garbage time over the course of the season, but Davis should get the bulk of the targets on this offense. Can't believe we're going to this next one because on the surface, it feels like this one should be an obvious pick, uh, and it maybe would have been an obvious pick a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, but now we're having this conversation. In a full PPR, Scott, Julio Jones or Tyler Boyd? Which one of these receivers are we starting if we have them both? 
Well, you're saying we're having this conversation. I don't think it's a conversation. I'm taking Julio Jones. I mean, the way that it is is that Tennessee can, is going to chuck the ball around the parking lot. We know this. We know Tannehill. Even though they have Derrick Henry back there, Tannehill has put up some huge numbers over the last couple of years. And Julio is always somewhat, for some reason, an issue with red zone scoring, but he always puts up a ton of yards. The issue that I have with Boyd is that with the emergence of T. Higgins and Chase, I know, was awful in preseason, but I'm assuming Cincinnati is still going to give him some snaps. I do think there are a decent amount of mouths to feed now in Cincinnati and Tennessee. I know AJ Brown's great and all, but Julio before he gets injured every year is still very, very good. You know, he's a matchup nightmare. I think you can't double team him anymore because a, I don't know if he's good enough to be double teamed anymore and B got AJ Brown, the other side. So if you have Julio in a one-on-one coverage anywhere, especially in the red zone, he has a significantly better chance of scoring a touchdown in this game. Plus, I know Minnesota's defense was awful last year. They also had a ton of injuries. So Minnesota being healthier now, I think that this defense is not as bad as the public perception is. So I actually like Tennessee's offense in week one. I think Julio should do better than Boyd. The upside is there with the touchdowns. I'm assuming Julio should have at least 80-something yards, and I'm kind of being on the lower end right now, I think he has a decent chance to get decent chance to get over a hundred, but I'm on Julio. You. Yeah. And I've got Julio as a top 10 receiver and I've got, you know, Boyd marked down at 39. So to me, Boyd's a flex at best. Julio certainly a load him up wide receiver one, in my opinion. And again, this is an offense with AJ Brown in it too. So I think both of these guys, Tannehill has the talent to give both of these guys enough run to beat out a lot of other wide receiver ones on other teams together, right? I mean, I think Tannehill, this is at least a 300, if not 350 game for him. And that's enough to get Julio Jones, you know, at least up into the 80 yard mark, AJ Brown over a hundred Julio, even in the end zone, like you were saying. Uh, but I don't see the same for Tyler Boyd in this situation uh, with the Bengals. I mean, again, Burrow, how's he going to look this season after coming back now? I mean, this is game one. Is he back at full strength? Who knows? The preseason didn't answer a lot of questions for a lot of us because they didn't, you know, a lot of these guys didn't play all that much. So um, give me the rock solid Julio Jones. Everybody seems to just want to, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was the reason, the surrounding or the the way that he left Atlanta, but there's not a lot of respect for Julio Jones like there used to be anymore. Well, I think that the lack of respect is due to the injury concerns and the durability issues over the last couple of years. But you mentioned your rankings. I'll mention mine for week one. I got Julio at 13. I got Tyler Boyd at 36. So I don't think it's very close. I believe we're in the same ballpark as in like 20-something spots in between them. You have Julio a little bit higher. I got Boyd a little bit higher. But we both think Julio's a top 15 guy. Boyd somewhere in the 30s. I'm going to go with Julio. Yep. I mean, and again, this is only one of the situations where a lot of people love the hype around Tyler Boyd, right? I mean, that's that's who we're speaking to right now is these Tyler Boyd truthers that really are buying the hype in him. Uh, we're just asking you to temper that down a little bit. Oh, uh, he's good. It just T. Higgins showed up and became a really capable receiver in this offense. So people like Boyd's volume that he had two years ago. But when Higgins takes about half of your volume or about a third of your volume, suddenly Boyd's a, a very, I'd say less, a, a, he's a lot less attractive as a fantasy player than he was a couple years ago. Yep. And definitely not as attractive as Julio Jones. Uh, all right. Mm -hmm. Let's turn our attention to two PPR, uh, I guess, running backs in this case, uh, Miles Gaskin or Raheem Mostert. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is a, a one where I think uh, I know where I'm at, but Scott, where are you? I know that Gaskin is a good receiving back out of the backfield. Having said that, 
I got to go Mostert. I mean, I got Mostert. I don't know what's considered high for a week one ranked running back, but I got Mostert at 17. I think Mostert's going to have a really good week one, mostly because of the matchup. Detroit, we know the defense is terrible. The defensive line stinks. San Francisco's offensive line, when healthy, is extremely underrated. But Jeff Wilson Jr. was always a guy who seemed to always sneak in and take his touches. He's injured. So, once again, sorry for him, but I feel like he's always injured. I know they cut Gallman. I'm not sure what Sermon's immediate role is. It's a backup running back, but I'm not sure how many touches he's going to get in week one. But Mostert, when healthy, is a guy who, in my opinion, could easily rush for 1,200, 1,300 yards. The issue is he just never stays healthy, but he's so good. It's such a good matchup. And if you think the 49ers are going to kill the Lions, which I do, then game flow should dictate a lot of touches in the second half. I think Mostert's a top 20 running back this week. I said 17. You can make an argument for lower or higher, but... Gaskin, I think, is a good running back as well. But when you're talking about a premium matchup and a clear number one on the depth chart with Mostert, I think that he's just too good to pass up. I got Gaskin at 25, so I don't think he's awful. But I think Mostert at 17, he could really have a top 10 running back performance in week one. And it might surprise other people. It wouldn't surprise me. You? Yeah, no, me either. And I've got uh, Mostert at 13, and I've got Gaskin at 28. So we're, we're see, we're in the same ballpark right around there as well. Mostert, to me, is, is again, that 49ers narrative that I've been preaching from the start of the show, where I have a feeling that in this instance, they're just going to unleash just about everything that they have uh, just to prove to everybody that they are not uh, what they were last season. And that includes Mostert. And Mostert has always been one of those running backs where uh, because of his injury concern, people don't necessarily like to to take him. But in week one, when he's healthy, let's go. Load me up with Raheem Mostert. I don't think Miles Gaskin, I don't know that this uh, Miami offense is going to be that good because New England's defense is not terrible. Like, I mean, the offense we know is, is not bad or is not good, but their defense is not terrible. So, it, I think they're going to have a, a decent chance of, of holding up um, at least the running game for the Dolphins. Maybe not so much all of the passing game, but I don't think two is going to have a huge game either, which means that this is going to be a close game. And I don't think Gaskin's going to get as much run as Mostert is. See, for the same reason, I also like Mostert here, but you mentioned how New England's defense might not be terrible. I think New England's defense might be the most underrated in the league because they had a lot of guys who opted out last year. They also ended up really... I'd say the defense wasn't bad. It was just Cam Newton couldn't move the ball, so they were constantly on the field. But I think New England's defense is very good. You know, Belichick's going to have a great game plan for game one. I would stay away from the Dolphins. I have Gaskin on my team. I'm benching him because I have other options. But I think Mostert should have at least 100 yards if he gets minimum 18 carries. Yeah, and I think he's going to get a couple of catches too. Uh, you know, yeah. m- more than Miles Gaskins is going to get. I think so. Uh, all right, so the next one we we move on. This is an interesting one because we could be dealing with two wide receiver twos here, or uh, they could end up being wide receiver ones depending on the situation. Uh, but in a full PPR, are we taking Russell Gage or Chase Claypool? Um, again, this one might be closer than most people think. What do you think, Scott? I think it's closer than people think, but I'm going to go with Claypool because he, of course, has the touchdown upside. He scored a bunch of touchdowns last year. I'm not sure if you're a fan of the Matt Canada system for Pittsburgh, which, of course, we're going to have to wait and see. Looked good in the preseason, so it looked like they were comfortable there, but Claypool has the big playability. The issue you have with PPR, which is why it's close, is that Claypool isn't a guy who's going to catch eight passes in a game. 
he'll probably catch you four or five. The the point there is he'll probably have 70 yards and maybe a touchdown or two, which is why it's interesting. But Gage, he's in a very good situation with Atlanta because now that Julio's gone, they got Pitts, but of course, the tight end, Gage is now the number two receiver, and Ridley is good. I don't know if he's ever been a wide receiver one, so people are expecting a huge jump from him. We'll wait and see. I'm still going Claypool because I just think Claypool's the more talented player, and I think that he has more touchdown upside. But I think it is very close. I don't think there's really a slam dunk pick here, but I think if you're talking about touchdown upside as a tiebreaker, I'll go with Claypool. You? Yeah, give me Claypool as well. Because again, in that Atlanta team, I just think that they're going to miss a lot of, of Julio Jones. And I don't know that Matt Ryan... See, this is the thing. Like, I, I, I preach that Matt Ryan is not going to have that much of a drop-off, but I feel like I've changed my mind lately. I feel like Matt Ryan... We, we keep thinking that he's super, super elite, and every year the numbers don't necessarily fish that out 100%. He had Julio Jones to help him out for a lot of those years, and now he doesn't have Julio Jones anymore. So where are we going? I mean, Ridley, like you said, is going to pick up some of that slack, and he definitely is a, a talented wide receiver, but not very many folks after that did a lot, and I don't know that Gage is ready to step that up yet. And now... I think with Chase Claypool, he's going to end up running into some Deontay Johnson uh, a flack and that he may lose a little work there. But um, for, for okay, Chase Claypool is Canadian, so maybe I'll just go that way just because he's Canadian and I love Canadian football. Uh, so <laughs> we'll go Chase Claypool uh, in this one as well. But again, mainly because what you said, his upside is a little bit more, I think, than Russell Gage is, especially in this week one matchup. Yeah, I thought, the way I'm looking at it is that Gage might be good for PPR purposes, but if his ceiling is seven receptions compared to Claypool's five, but he's going to have 20 to 30 less yards and a safe less chance of scoring a touchdown, I'll go with Claypool for the upside. Yeah, and if it helps, I can't even really see, and I can't scroll low enough to find where Russell Gage is on my <laughs> on my rankings so and i definitely know where claypool's at so that that definitely should steer you in the direction i got claypool at 46 so he is a flex at best for me i'm definitely if he's one of my receivers then i'm i'm hurting but he's definitely a flex play for me yeah i think claypool of course if you have other options who are more reliable or more consistent then maybe consider them but out of these two i just think claypool is the better player and i think he's got more upside I agree. So Claypool, it is if you're making that decision. Uh, and then last, we move on to a couple of. I know this is. I know where you're going to be at because we talked about him earlier. But uh, maybe, maybe it changes with the person that we're introducing, Kenny Galladay, this time versus Hollywood Brown. We know where you stood with Hollywood Brown versus Randall Cobb, but does your answer change with Kenny Galladay? So for the record, I was a huge Kenny Galladay stan on my fantasy team for the last couple of years. I always had him. He was great with Stafford. I'd use him all the time. Then last year happened, played about five games, was or if five games, was injured the entire time, went to the Giants, and now he's been injured for the last couple months, and he's still dealing with a hamstring issue, and he might not play week one. If he is, he's probably limited. I got Galladay pretty low. I'm sure lower than other people do, but if he's a guy in a brand-new system, with a significant quarterback downgrade, because Daniel Jones, I'm assuming we agree, isn't very good. You compare him to Mark to a Hollywood Brown, who, of course, now should get, I think, more touches just because of the potential running game issues the Ravens might run into. But do you really trust Galladay 
with Daniel Jones and the issue with the hamstring because I don't. I'm going to take the healthier guy. I'll go with Hollywood Brown. You? So I, because I, in my rankings initially, I definitely had Kenny Galladay uh, higher only because again, I, I feel like he's a better option for his team than Hollywood Brown is on his because Hollywood Brown's when, he- when healthy, of course, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but now because the running backs are dropping like flies, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go with Hollywood Brown over Galladay in this one, because um, again, this is going to be a situation where look, I, I don't know that Lamar's going to want to stretch the field too much, but even, even Marquise Brown can still run some of those routes that'll get him catches. And this is a half PPR. So it doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot as far as how many receptions he gets. But if you give him a, enough receptions um then he's going to get enough yards to go with it because he's definitely got talent to break away from a of them so yeah i'm going to load up hollywood brown on this one but not because i think that that brown is a better receiver than galladay but because i think that Brown's situation has gotten so much better over the last three hours uh than than kenny galladay's has and, I, and again like you said i think the the giants may end up struggling out of the gate kenny galladay might be a better player in week two three four and beyond uh should he get healthy but for week one, I'm a little bit leery about uh, his his potential. Yeah, the way that I'm looking at it is I think it's close. I got Hollywood Brown at 35, and I got Galladay at 39. So I think it's pretty close, but I'll go with Brown there. The one issue I have with the hamstring injury is the type of receiver that Galladay is because he's been a pretty big jump ball guy. And if you lose even a hint of explosiveness, either with your sprint speed or even just your leaping ability, I'm not exactly sure what else Galladay is going to do for you when his best strength is now severely compromised. Yep. And again, it's just a, a crapshoot in that New York Giants offense. I mean, Saquon Barkley being back, and he, there's even questions around whether or not Saquon Barkley is going to be back to 100%. Uh, for some, I mean, he's been slipping in the second round in some of the drafts because people have been scared of it. So what is that Giants offense going to look like? How is it going to work? And if Saquon can't produce the way he can, um, does that mean the receivers get a boost or does that mean the whole offense just goes to trash? So who knows? Well, plus you also have to keep in mind that Denver with Fangio as a coach, he's a terrible head coach. Having said that good defensive mind. And if you do have Chubb, who's back on the pass rush, still Von Miller, you drafted Sertan. I think that defense is not bad. And we know that the giants offense has struggled lately. We know Daniel Jones isn't the guy, but they're going to keep throwing him out there. I do think the Jet. I do think the Giants. Sorry, force of habit, Jets. I do think the Giants' offense will struggle in this spot, and I think Baltimore. Even if you don't exactly like Lamar as a thrower, it's still against the Raiders. I think he'll look competent. I agree. I agree. All right, here we go. That was it. That was it. Ten down. We just did a start sit. Our first one. I liked it. I loved it. I loved it a lot. I think we did a lot of good answers. So hopefully, uh, if you're listening to this and you asked a question, we got an answer for you. I know that we agreed on most of them, uh, which is good for folks because when there's a lot of disagreement, then they don't know where to go and their answer or the question's not answered and they're still left with a, a question. So uh, good thing we agreed on a lot of them. Well, if we didn't, my advice to you would be flip a coin if they take the wheel it really just takes the pressure out of your hands yep or go with scott that's probably the easier thing to do uh i am just merely the host so uh all right scott why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and we'll uh, let these folks get ready to start setting their lineups as we cruise into the first week of the season 
Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio, all one word. Other than that, doing a lot of stuff for SGPN, video edit, uh, podcast editing, also doing some fantasy football articles. I do my rankings every week as well. So if you want my opinions on every position group, I got you covered there. But I also just came out with a kicker map for the month of September. So if you're trying to stream kickers and you still believe that kickers matter, and I know some leagues now are a super flex or, you know, stuff like that. My league still uses kickers so I could find a valuable, but there are some good spots for kickers. And if you want to find some sleepers, I got you covered there. You know what else we have you covered on that sports gambling podcast.com website. We have got rankings. We have got uh, picks. We have got articles just like Scott's all up and down the uh, site. It's just an amazing place to go get all the info. Fantasy football is hot and heavy on the SGPN website. And of course, as always on the SGPN app where you can find everything you need, our picks, our podcasts, links to all the stuff that we do here at the sports gambling podcast.com. Man, football season is finally upon us. No more projecting, no more uh, guessing. Now the rubber meets the road, especially tonight, uh, Thursday night football. You won't hear this probably until tomorrow. So uh, we got a full Sunday, full Sunday of football. Scott, I know you're excited. Uh, Good luck to you and all of your matchups. And uh, thanks for joining the show. Thank you very much. Dak, if you're listening to this, just get me 250 yards and two touchdowns. I'll settle for that. That's all I need. <laughs> I know you have Dak, too. Is that is that a fair asking price for Dak? I just want him to not go and completely explode. So, yes, anything he gets okay. me, I think, is bonus at this point. So, okay. uh, all right, folks. Happy hunting and happy uh, have fun setting up your lineups. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday to have a little bit of a recap of week one in this amazing action of fantasy football. So if you're listening, good luck to you this weekend. Have some fun and let it ride.